1: Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shark Sharkpreneur Show. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Daniel Ramsey, the founder and CEO of myoutdesk.com, the industry's leading virtual staffing company, having served over 5,000 clients. Absolutely incredible business model we're going to learn all about that could help us as well. And I know he's got a really amazing book coming out that uh, hopefully we'll be able to twist his arm and get for our Sharkpreneur Nation. Dan, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Yes, Seth, uh, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited.
1: Awesome, me too. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? I am sure you didn't wake up when you were 12 and decide to be, you know, the world industry's leading virtual staffing company. Let's go back a little bit. How'd you get started in business?
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's a great question. Um, I, I bought a house, if you can believe it or not, from a real estate guy. And uh, he mailed me his, the keys to the new home. He's like, he calls me up and he says, hey, I'm gonna send you your keys. I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, I'm gonna snail mail you your keys. Don't use them until I tell you it's okay. And after that, I looked at the closing documents and I realized, man, this guy made $7,000. And then the mortgage person made $5,000. So in back in 2003, I started a real estate brokerage. And that was like my first foray into business. Like I had I knew since I was like a 7th grader that I was going to be a business owner, you know? I just didn't know what. I was that weird guy. Um and so I started a real estate brokerage company and that was kind of my first uh business I ever actually had that made real money.
1: Awesome. Congratulations. So you saw the checks that those were making and said, "I want some of that for myself. Maybe I'll get into this real estate thing." You started out as a a traditional real estate agent and then How did that grow and evolve to, and what was the pain I'm imagining that caused you to start my outdesk.
0: And it's, that's a great question because you're right. Every great business has always started out of a pain or some challenge. So you're, you're spot on. Um, I have a photo, this great photo of me on my honeymoon in Guatemala. So, um, I'm with my brand new wife. It's we were married two days, literally, and um, we just trekked through the forest, like with monkeys around, and we're doing the whole uh you know Indiana Jones thing getting through caves and just having a great time, right? And the, the giant guy, boulder was chasing after you and the yeah. guy with the
1: swords, you had to whip out your gun and shoot him. I understand.
0: Right, right. It was a killer uh killer, exactly, uh, just like that. Honeymoon. Um but at night what was happening was I was logging on to my um, with my laptop and working. And three nights into this, the bartender who speaks Spanish and I speak just enough to be dangerous, right? Where I'm in California so um he starts making fun of me, steals my phone, and takes a picture of me at one in the morning working on my honeymoon. So for me and probably for a lot of your audience, the pain was I was just I was working seventy hours a week i was i w- I was a what I like to call a helicopter delegator, so I had to be in everything like all the hands were in all the cookie jars, you know, and at that point, literally, I thought. I don't want to get a divorce and I want to have kids one day and I'd like my business to run. I'd like the business not to run me. And that was the shift and kind of came back and started building up my out
1: Awesome. So, um, don't know if you've gone back to Guatemala and thanked that bartender for being obnoxious. <laughs> At the time, hopefully you stiffed him on the tip. Um, but who, who knew it would start an empire? All right. So you came back and said, how do I get my business to run without me? As opposed to, so I mean, we all have that problem, right? When you start, yeah. when you're a solo pr- practitioner of whatever it is, you do everything. Right. And then you start making enough money to start hiring some people. And then you have to teach them how to do what was in your head. And then you have to get them to do it well enough that you leave them alone and don't need to try and fix everything. So when you got back from the honeymoon and said, how do I get this thing to run without me? What was the first thing, if you remember, that you tackled in terms of what do I need to get so that someone else can do it besides me?
0: You're, you're spot on and, and it was getting everything out of my head. So I had employees at that time, but I'd never spent really any time creating any systems or processes or any training for that matter so every single client i wanted them served a particular way i wanted the transactions to look a particular way and i wanted a certain uh brand kind of value upheld and so the first step for us was just documenting everything and it was weird because you know our crm had to change we had to change our marketing um kind of how we sold right because how i sold isn't going to be the same as somebody who works for me. Like it was just, it was a whole mind shift, you know, like I walked in and I said, well, I own real estate and therefore I know how to buy real estate. And by the way, I, I do a transaction every day and, and it was a lot of eyes, right? Well, when you hire people and you build a team, all of a sudden your eyes have to turn into wheeze and somehow you have to document all that. And so, then you got a wee, wee, wee all the way home. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is a funny uh, podcast. <laughs> we, we, I have we, little man. kids, so. Yeah. There you go. You're in the poop Forgive. and potty stage right now. We've gotten past that, but
1: it does bring back memories of the three little pigs. Okay. Yeah,
0: I love it. All right. So that's the first step is just documenting and then realizing that what I had built had been built only for me not for others. And so we went through what we call play, pause, do, where you record a computer screen of you doing the task and then describing the what, why, and how of doing that particular task. And we just systematized everything within a year and a half, actually.
1: Uh, so it only took a year and a half. That's awesome. You got it out of <laughs> only your head, a year and a half. only a yeah. very painful year and a half. Yeah. Um, out of your head, onto paper, pixels, and plastic, onto computers so that other people could do it without having to have your ego involved and without being able to do your sales pitch was the, I'm the man, give me your damn money. And they might be slightly more gentle or different than you. I went through the same thing. So you trained the people on your team how to get the listing presentation, how to do the listing presentation, how to have the open houses, whatever it is you're doing on uh, in residential field estate. And Mm -hmm. then... What was the first deal that got done without you ever touching it?
0: Well, we, we, what really happened was I had to create a training platform like for my team. Like I had to train agents how to sell it just like I did, but without the confidence that I typically had. Right. So, um, you know, it was 2008, nine, I got married. Then we came back and documented by 2011, Uh, we were number 14 out of 9,000 realtors and we'd started outsourcing. So we'd hired a bunch of virtual assistants and segmented our business so that there was clearly an operations side, there was a service side, and then there was a sales and marketing side. So we kind of broke the business up into the three divisions. Um, But, you know, we opened three offices, we got very successful, sold hundreds of homes every single month. Um, And here's the crazy thing. This was all before the four-hour work week, all before this guy made my industry, like, blow up. And my wife and I, because we had done such a great job in organizing the business, we actually moved to South America. And, and So you did see that bartender again. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, lived, we, we moved to Peru, so different than... Different Gu- country. Gu- yeah, different country. But... I mean, here's the thing, what I would tell, I personally, I loved working with virtual assistants, I loved building a business, I didn't like building the systems and process so much, but I knew there was a payoff, I knew there was some big win at the end of it, you know, I knew the hard work of spending a year and a half documenting everything was going to pay off and give me that free- that time freedom that we all crave as entrepreneurs, you know. And um, the payoff for me was my wife and I said, we were, before we had kids, we were gonna move to South America. And in that year, you know, my real estate practice grew, my outdesk grew by like 271%. I mean, silly, crazy growth. Um, and at the same time, my team in the US felt great about continuing to be able to execute without me being in their hair or in the business or in, I mean, for that matter, in the country.
1: Okay, so that is awesome and takes the whole outsourcing to a whole new level when you don't even have to be there so let's talk about how you handled that crazy growth
0: yeah uh we broke things i mean <laughs> you know and if you're listening right now uh anytime we have a thing called a double my business strategy call um where your audience we we're going to give away a copy of our book in a little bit so stay tuned right awesome but, we call it a double my business strategy call cuz as a business you can your business can handle a double meaning you can go through a double and it won't kill you it might stress the business a little bit Um, In our case, we grew by 271%, which completely broke us. I mean, to be frank, our CRM was broken, our customer service was broken, our onboarding process, that kind of growth made us lose a lot of clients out the back end, meaning we lost not only talented individuals on our team, but we also lost clients. And so um, it was a great thing for me to come back and have to relearn a whole new process. I mean, we really had to learn how to scale.
1: Okay. So Ben there, let's talk about the outsourcing because real estate, residential real estate in particular is typically a physical people think of it as a bricks and mortar location with an office where everybody's in the office and they talk to each the 27 real estate mafia members who all touch the transaction. So how did, so did you outsource all of it? Did you outsource most of it? Because I'm trying to figure out, I get the virtual assistant can do the paperwork and yep. process and coordinate documents, and move it along, and talk to title people, and talk to mortgage sure, sure. people, but, and you could do documents via DocuSign or FedEx, how do you deal with the, is the listing presentation still done by a physical person in person, or is that all remote? Is the, um, are, do you do open houses on weekends and nights, and those can't be run by somebody from the Philippines, right? Someone's got to right. physically sit there, so how right. does that work?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. And you've you've nailed it. Um, I'm talking to a pharmacist right now who wants to outsource. He's got two locations and, you know, he's got a big practice and, it's, you know, it's a several million dollar company. Um, and the pharmacist and his people on staff who have degrees, just like a real estate professional, just like our insurance uh, brokers who are clients, there's a piece of the business that only you can do, meaning you have to be a licensed person. You need to have that expertise or that experience that really drives the revenue of the business. So in our world, everything that you have to do as a licensee is done by a physical US person, somebody who has got the expertise and been with experience and the license and all that. But everything else, and you'll you'll laugh because open house is a great example, circle dialing to the neighborhood doesn't need to be a licensed person. Uh, Having everybody who comes in and sign a guest list that does have to be, you know, physically somebody has to say, hey, would you sign our list? And then they sign up. But what happens to that list afterwards and all the marketing to get it going and putting right. it out there in the world and then, you know, sending out the flyers after and before and, you know, all of that work, the only part that has to be done by a licensed person is the actual house opening part you know where you open the door and let right. them in. hi nice to meet you i'm not yeah, really exactly here right.
1: i'm a hologram
0: <laughs> well and you know for the pharmacist i love it because you know he has three people that all they do is reimbursement well guess what right, right. which
1: you don't physically need people for that exactly right. you and only then, need someone to count the pills and make sure that they're the right pills
0: well and then you know he has a huge marketing uh budget and we're like well we can help there yeah and someone then-
1: could run the ads yep
0: Exactly, and then the other piece was phones. I mean, you know, he says, you know, they 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 have a phone system, so we started looking at how many calls he gets every single day and mm-hmm. how many people need to be there. And so, I mean, if you're listening right now, uh, the we're in a historic time frame where medium-sized businesses, small and medium-sized businesses, can finally take advantage of outsourcing. Where in the Philippines it costs 25 cents to have a soda, 50 cents in the U.S. That same soda is two bucks. So why wouldn't you want to buy more soda over there, right? Exactly. If you're going to drink soda anyways. Right,
1: right, right. Some of our people might not drink soda or pop as we call it here. Okay, so talk to me. So how many – so you've served over 5,000 clients at my outdesk. So how do you – that's an insane management process. How do you manage the virtual assistants for each client and make sure they're doing the right steps at the right time for every single client who might be doing – you know, 50 homes in a month as opposed to just one?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, So it all starts with how we find talent, Seth. And the most important thing for us is we spend an inordinate amount of time finding the right people. And when I say inordinate, I think last year we had something like 30,000 people apply to work for my out desk. Wow,
1: and you need a screening process and a sifting and sorting process (laughs) because you can't interview 30,000 people.
0: No, but, you know, we've created a process where we can very quickly determine whether or not their English skills are great, both written and verbal. We also have them go through an FBI grade background check up front. So we know that they're legitimate and not criminals and are, you know, hopefully good people, uh, And then we also do, uh, you know, a bunch of screening in terms of their technology. So we have a platform where our virtual assistants actually log in and, and actually we test their internet speed, their computer, whether they have antivirus. We basically are screening the heck out of our folks before our clients ever get them. And then what we do with the clients is we are very specific and focused on exactly how we can serve. And we know what works and what doesn't work. When somebody comes to us and says, I need a person to develop my entire sales and marketing process, we're like, well, that's not us we we are a, we are a company that serves someone who already has an existing process in place and and just needs leverage or needs talent to grow and scale that's what we do we're a staffing company we're really really good at finding great talent um as long as you have a business and a repeatable like system and process we can jump in and really add value
1: and talk to me a little bit about the software that manages all of that. Is that something you bought or is that something you had custom built to manage such a large team?
0: No, Seth. I stupidly built it myself, and <laughs> and uh, if you're listening right now, we spent millions perfecting this thing. And um, you know, it does everything from screenshots. We have an algorithm built in, so we can tell if somebody's working. Um, it's pretty wild. It's our client portal, um, and it's a really good tool for our clients to just kind of manage the relationship. Um, but you know, some other technology that's really important. We're on a Zoom call right now. Guess what? Our people love video, they love interacting every day with their clients, they like making sure they're kicking butt every single day. So another technology that's really important is something like Zoom, where you can just do face-to-face and really integrate your people um, with your virtual people. That's a really important piece. Absolutely. We also had
1: custom software built um, to manage our team and tell them what to do every day and make sure they did it all and do the calls on Zoom. Um, We spent less than you did, six figures instead of seven. Good. best money I ever shouldn't have, should have spent sooner. Yep. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you've learned so much from this process and built an incredible business. Um, what is your biggest challenge now? Hmm.
0: I would just say we're jumping into multiple verticals. So, you know, I mentioned a pharmacist. Uh, there's some dentists that we're helping. Um, we have a contractor, mortgage company, commercial Um, what's allowed us to scale so quickly and fast was that industry knowledge in the real estate space. Like we, I mean, I, I know it inside and out and our team was really built around that. Um, so when you start adding new verticals, like a pharmacist, we, as a company, we're, we're growing. And so our biggest challenge is the speed of that learning curve, um, and how fast we can really serve, you know, 20 or 30 other industries.
1: Yeah, and learn the insides and outsides of that cuz real estate you knew by heart cuz you did it so much.
0: Yep, exactly. And and it was easy for
1: us. Do you have any traction or tracking on the ripple effect? So if you've served 5000 clients, can you and the majority of them were in real estate, can you track dollar like with a giant ticking clock like the dollar volume of oh, transactions yeah. you've handled?
0: Oh yeah, last year um we we actually cuz we wanted to know, so last year we did a survey out and we just do this annually. And our clients told us that we've helped save them over $55 million in what it would normally cost to hire. So our team has gone in, kicked butt done actually in, in a lot of instances, our clients are like, these are the most valuable people on our team. Um, so that's so-
1: awesome. I love the $55 million quantifiable number. That's awesome. Have you done it in terms of dollar volume? Like not, what it would cost someone to hire, but like, okay, we did 10,000 home help facilitate 10,000 home uh-huh. sales. So our total real estate transaction value that we facilitated was a trillion dollars.
0: Yeah. I love that.
1: I I don't have, a you total... should check because you may be in essence, the largest real estate firm in the U S
0: yeah, we, we definitely are when it comes to how many transactions we manage or touch. Nobody does more than we do. Um, but I've never quantified it. So that'd be cool. We could easily do it, just pull our client names and pull their production and then kind of match it up. It'd be super cool to find out what that number was. That'd be, I bet you
1: it'd be a very large number. And is that the, I mean, do you just keep growing this? Do you exit and sell? Um, Because obviously, I know you're branching out to other verticals, but On the real estate side, I'm sure somebody like KW or whoever would, if you said, look, we've got facilitated a trillion dollars in KW in transactions, we've got the software and the systems, they would say, damn, that's worth a really big check.
0: You know, what's funny is um, I would love that, uh, but KW has not approached us. Um, I mean, that was just my example. It doesn't yeah, mean yeah, that. Yeah. Um, we'd be open to, I mean, look, if somebody came and wrote a really big check, that that always, you know, be interesting as an, as an owner. Sure. I mean, it's not interested- like you're not already living in paradise, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, Exactly. Um, but the reality is, you know, I'm not actively searching an exit right now. And I'll tell you why. Um, a, a great company called Fiverr, which is a project-based company. Yep. I love Fiverr. And, yep. I've, I've used them a lot for marketing support um, and design and all that. But uh, Fiverr just went public. They they lost $30 million. They spent $32 million on sales and marketing and they had a $400 million valuation. And nice
1: work when you can get it, right? And then yeah, you guys actually amazing. make money. Imagine how much you could, maybe you need to lose some to be worth more. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So uh, we just see a big future in front of us. We believe that we can kind of duplicate what we've done in real estate in five or 10 other verticals. And so for right now, the team is really engaged. We're all excited and, and we're kind of looking forward to the opportunity of, of solving this challenge of growing into different verticals. Awesome, well congratulations. You've built something incredible. I know um, you had
1: an irresistible offer for our audience. Please tell us what we can get and where to go.
0: Yeah, so Seth, I, I started writing a book two years ago. If if anybody's listening and they're thinking about writing a book, I would say don't do it. It's well, we really... have a
1: published a ghostwriting division in our publishing company, so that that book gets done in months, not two years.
0: I think. Well, that's good, Seth, because I could have used you guys two years ago. So, <laughs> next book, we'll do the next book. Yeah, the next one. Um, but so we, I basically, I put my heart and soul into this book, and you know, the experience with five thousand clients and outsourcing in multiple different businesses and we wrote a book called scale with virtual professionals um, we didn't call it virtual assistants because our folks in sales marketing and operations really are professionals in our yeah. in our in our opinion they're not assistants and um, so if for your audience all you have to do is text the letter svp so it's sam victor paul yep. to 31996 you text SVP to thirty one ninety nine six and you'll get a copy of our free book. And um, yeah, we hope it's should be coming out probably in the middle of this book, so you're getting a pre you know production kind of copy of it, which is pretty cool.
1: Awesome. Well, we greatly appreciate your time and your amazing story. We will go get the book. We will text SVP to thirty one ninety nine six. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank Perfect. you so much.
0: Hey Seth, thanks for uh, having me today.